Good to see you all this morning. And again, what a great, great week in the Lord this week. I know it was tiring, but those of you that kept showing up, God kept showing up too. And it was powerful. So um, if you again, if you're a first time guest with us today, welcome to Orchardville Church. We're so glad to have you with us. You may like it, you may not, but I'm thankful that you're here. Amen. Kingdom Come, part five. A little bit different today as we continue on in this. It's been a couple weeks. We had OC Kids Sunday last week, which was fantastic. Seeing our kids worshiping the Lord and praising Him. And we're going to be today in 1 Samuel chapter 17, if you want to turn there. And the title for, the subtitle for, sorry Stephen, it's a long one this week. Kingdom Come Part 5. Will you stand up or cower down? Will you stand up? Or cower down. Amen. 1 Samuel 17, verses 4 through 11. Kind of what we've been discussing over these first four weeks of kingdom come. That his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have power and authority to destroy the works of the devil. We have that within us as believers, right? We've been given dominion by the power of the Holy Spirit to stand up to the enemy here on earth, in our world today, in your life today, we have that authority. And so are we standing up or are we cowering down as a member of God's army, as warriors, as we heard this week, in God's army? What are we doing? Standing up? 17 people, I heard it. Or cowering down. That's the rest of you. Go ahead and say, yep. All right, here we go. I'm going to start doing something that he did. He said he was going to steal something from me, so I'm going to steal something from him, Brother Palmer, Brian Palmer. If you'll stand this morning as we read the word. If anybody rolled your eyes or gave a big sigh, shame on you. (laughs) This is the word of God, and I like that he had us doing this to reverence the word of God. So follow along with us in your Bible. Again, 1 Samuel 17, 4 through 11 is where we're going to start. This is a familiar story, but it's good to go back over these and remind ourselves of some things in life. All right. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. And a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, Then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for your presence in this place. God, I thank you for who you are, and Lord, I thank you for your word that is power, it is active, it is alive, Father. 
And Lord, I pray right now that we get what we need to get out of it today, Father. It's anointed. And Father, you would have your way in this place, God. Lord, if anybody's in fear today, anybody has giants in their life that need to come down in the name of Jesus, I pray it be done today. We praise you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Is that okay if we stand? Not again. I meant for the word. Here's a little story to open us up. Five-year-old Johnny was in the kitchen as his mother was uh, cooking dinner. And she asked him to, to go into the pantry and get her a can of tomato soup. But he didn't want to go in there alone. It's dark in there and I'm scared. She asked again and he persisted. Finally, mom says, it's okay. Jesus will be in there with you. Although a little hesitant, little Johnny goes to the door, opens up the pantry, sees it's dark in there, and he starts to close it and doesn't want to go in. And then he has this idea. Jesus, if you're really in there, can you hand me that can of tomato soup? <laughs> Our scripture today, it is an old familiar story that a lot of us have heard about David and Goliath. I know we've heard this story many, many times, but again, it's good to revisit these stories and be reminded of the truth of God's word and to be encouraged during our seasons of fear or when we have giants in our path. How many of you have had giants in your path before? You've had some fears come over you. Amen. So we know this is something that needs to be revisited occasionally. And we know that, that Goliath was big and bad. Even bigger and badder than Jake, caps, okay? <laughs> the whole Israelite army was intimidated. They were afraid. They were defeated before they ever went into battle. Some of us get that way. Before something even comes up in our lives, we're defeated. We're already down. Then you throw a big giant in front of me and I got to deal with this right now. We walk around defeated already. They didn't have anybody who was strong enough to stand up to Goliath. Nobody. They had the God of all creation there to fight with them, but they had no faith. And so they cowered down and were defeated already. <clears throat> but those of us that know this story, we know how it turns out that a farm boy, a shepherd boy, David, shows up. And he kills the giant. Some of us long to see a true, powerful, revival move of God in our time today. Who's with me? Anybody want that today? A powerful move of God today. Did you hear that? That was not everybody. I'm just making you aware of that. Some of us don't want to move on God. We don't want God's power to rain down. We don't want God's power to move. And I don't know why. Because there's nothing like it. When God shows up, things change. I want, it, I want him to sweep through this church. I want him to sweep through our homes, into our communities, into our nation that needs it. We need a powerful move of God. But we also have an enemy who wants to do everything he can to make sure that we just keep it business as usual in here. 
that we don't allow him to show up like he wants to. This week, we got a little taste of what God wants to do. We did. We did. If you missed it, watch it back. You can, even on Wednesday night, people watch and are like, I feel that in my living room. That's how God works. But again, the enemy wants us to do business than usual and just come in, sit down, sing a few songs, hear the word of God and just go home. And that was, that was nice. That's what the enemy would have us do. Most churches are so intimidated by the world right now that they just cower down to the world and its leader, which is Satan. They stay in the corner, scared to step out, take back this world and take back this world for Jesus. Again, kingdom come, we have that authority and power to walk in that dominion. Churches make big plans, but they lack faith and they're defeated before they even get out the door. Jesus says, and we heard this this week, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. But most churches have no faith, so they cower down defeated. And he showed us this week, Brian did, that the gates of hell are stationary. We should be on the offensive attacking those gates. Not sitting back, cowering down. We have forgotten who our leader is. And they did in this story, so it made them ineffective in this battle. What our church, what, what our world needs right now is a church that will remember who our leader is. It ain't me. It's him. We need to remember that, that Jesus is our leader and he already defeated death, hell, and the grave. He's already won it for us. We need to remember that. What this world needs is a church who will march into battle with their faith resting in what Jesus has done for us. March into battle, not stay back. What this world needs is a few churches who will prepare themselves for moves of God, for revival to happen. And there's more to this story than just David killing a giant. It's about a marching forward of God's army. Now, whatever happened in this week for people, I want to walk in that. What happened in me, you guys know my story, what we've been through, losing our son last year. I want to walk in this new season that God has brought me into through this revival. If, not, if for nobody else this week, this was scheduled a while back for me. I'll just tell you that. Because the things he talked about were things that my whole, my whole heart, my soul, my mind, everything it needed to move out from where I was. To prepare for a genuine, powerful move of God, there's some things we need. We need people who remember who is in charge. And again, I'm not talking about me. It's Jesus. Verse 24, if you continue on the story, I won't have it on the screen, but if you've got your Bible still open, verse 24, the army ran from the enemy. 24 says, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Again, this is the army of Israel, the chosen people of God, hightailing it out of there. How many of us have dealt with that same thing when something comes up? I'm out of here. I can't do this. This was me two, three weeks ago. 
running instead of attacking. Chosen people of God running away. God had promised them what? He'd already promised them what? Victory. He already gave them that promise. As long as they were faithful to him. There's a key there. As long as they were faithful to God, they would have victory. Hasn't changed for us. Has not changed for us today. These people, though, were so far away from God that they forgot his promises. They were careless with their relationship with God, and now they were gripped with fear. They forgot that God was the powerful one, and now they're running from the enemy. And many times, that's the picture of our church today. We are the chosen people of God. We are the body of Christ. Jesus has promised us victory. Sometimes the church gets so far away from God and the things that we're doing that they forget his promises. He's promised us victory. We get careless with our relationship with God. You know that happens to even, even to pastors? That we get in this routine of things and we get careless with the relationship with him. We forget that every single day we still need to go into that secret place with God and grow that relationship with him. Give our praises to him. Let him know where we're at in life, but also listen to what he wants to say to us. We don't need to lose our anchor. We don't need to lose our relationship with God. And they, they had forgotten the Lord and they had nowhere to turn. And as a church, we cannot forget who we're serving. Because if we do, when the enemy comes up in life, and he does, he will do whatever he can to get you off track, to get you to walk out of church and and just go with the world. When he does these things, we have to be ready to stand against him. And I, I told you guys two weeks ago what I was dealing with, and I've been in church my whole life. That's how bad the enemy wants to take people out. He'll do whatever he can to get your mindset to a place where you will walk out on God instead of remembering who he is and what he's done in your life. I'm going to tell you guys something this morning, and I'm going to say it quite a few times here. A scared church is a defeated church. A scared church is a defeated church. A scared Christian is a defeated Christian. So much truth in that. But you know what David did in this story, verse 26? He remembered the Lord. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should, should defy the armies of the living God? He remembered who God was. He saw Goliath for who he was. And he was the enemy of God in this moment. David was young, but he knew Goliath shouldn't be able to scare the army of God. 
We have things come up in our lives, but that shouldn't be enough for us to be afraid and not remember who God is. What was this man, this man called Goliath, to an army supposedly led by the Lord? Man, God hit me upside the head with that this week. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life, Rick. What is it? Who is it compared to me and my power? What is it? David knew no man can stand up to a people committed to the Lord. The Lord was in charge. And we need people to remember who is in charge. God is in charge. Most churches may be cowering down to the enemy, but we need some who still know that we can stand up to the enemy. That we don't have to back down. We don't have to change things in the church to make people happy. We can still do what God calls us to do and walk in his power and authority. We need people to stop running and start trusting again. Another thing to prepare for a move of God, for a revival, to prepare for what he wants to do, we need people who will not be discouraged. That's me putting it in my head. Do not be discouraged, Rick. I still have work for you to do. Do not be discouraged, fellow believer here today. God still has work for you to do. Several people in this story try to discourage David. His own family tried to discourage him. Verse 28. Now, Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. His brother's mocking him. I was going to go somewhere, but I'm not. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. He made fun of him. He told him to go back to the farm with his little sheep. He was calling David, you just want to be a spectator. You just want to see what's going on here. But he didn't know David's heart. He didn't know David was already ready for battle. The king also tried to discourage him. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him. For you're just a youth. I've told these guys over the years, and I know Jake tells them too, I don't care how young you are, God can use you in mighty ways. He said, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. So Saul's calling him just a little boy, and he told him he was too young to confront the enemy. And Saul didn't see any use for this boy in his army. But David knew, verses 34 through 37, that his courage was not in himself, it was in God. But David said to Saul, verse 34, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion, listen to this, or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and I struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard. Hello. And struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. 
seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, all right then, go and the Lord be with you. David had a proven faith, a faith developed. What's develop mean? It was growing. I'm not the same as I was 10 years ago because I've been developing my faith with the power of the Holy Spirit in me and through God's word and his promises. It was growing. It was developing before this moment that he's in. I think that's one of the reasons that I can keep going today is because I was growing my faith way back when. Growing it. And he was ready. He trusted in the Lord. He had seen the Lord deliver him from the bear and the lion. And he knew, he knew, he knew, he knew that Goliath would fall. Fall, Goliath. A reference to a Christian band. So. People are always trying to discourage people from making a scene for Jesus. Right? <laughs> they are. When you're doing something for the Lord and he's moving in a powerful way, someone is always going to try to discourage you or shut it down. I'll stay in, a, in my lane on this too. It may be your family. They may tell you, hey, you're just getting a little too religious for us. Right? Unfortunately, families do that. It may be the church. Hey, you just need to stop that and let things be and, and just, just be nice. They're scared and they're even more scared when someone stands up and rocks the boat for Jesus. Scared people will do anything to discourage you from standing up and taking a stand for the Lord. Just because God is working in someone's life in a powerful way doesn't give you the right to try to shut it down because he's not working in yours. When God's moving in somebody's life or in the ministry, there's a price that was paid for that to happen. And just because you don't want to pay that price doesn't mean they can't walk in what God has for them. <laughs> don't be the Debbie Downer on somebody else's faith when God's moving on them. Or the Debbie Doubter, is that a thing? I just made it one. When God's moving on somebody's life. <laughs> we need people who won't be discouraged. We need people who know the Lord. We need people whose faith will not be moved by discouragement. We need people whose faith is firmly planted in Jesus and his word. We need people that are willing to shake things up for Christ. 
Again, I'm, I'm, I don't want a dead church. I don't want to be, a, that's not even a thing. That doesn't make any sense. That's an oxymoron. The church should be alive. The church should be powerful. The church should see change in the community because they're there. We need people who aren't scared to worship the Lord with everything they have. I have visions of what our worship's going to look like in this place one day. And I'll give you a little clue. It's not what's happening right now. We had a moment Wednesday night where I started to see it. He invited the worshipers, not just the singers, because there's a difference between just singing or actually worshiping. He invited the worshipers, and the majority of everybody that was here Wednesday night filled this place right here in front of the altar, and we just worshiped. You know what happened as we worshiped, as we cried out to the Lord? Here he comes. And he inhabited the praises of his people. Now you can come in here, you can come in here tired and say, this week I just don't feel like putting much into worship. You won't get anything out of the service. But if you will push through and recognize God for who he is, what he's done in your life, what he will do in your life, what he's doing right now, and worship him for who he is, what he did for us in sending his son Jesus. Every time I think about that, every time I think about the beating, the blood that was spilled, how he was mocked and ridiculed, all of that, when I think of it, I can't help but worship. Because I don't deserve that. But he did it anyway. And I don't understand how we can't worship. How we can't cry out to him, knowing what he delivered us out of. Some people in this room would be dead and gone right now if God hadn't got a hold of your heart. We need people who know who they're following and put their lives on the line for Jesus. Prepare for revival. We also need people who will cast off everything that might hold them back. Ooh, that's big. Everything that might be holding them back. Verse 38, Saul tried to weigh David down. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. So he puts his armor on David and the armor had done Saul no good. He wasn't going to use it. He was scared. But why did he think it would help? Oversized, too heavy. So David's like, you know what, I'm going to simplify this battle. Get this stuff off me. Get this stuff off me that's weighing me down. Come on, people. <laughs> get this stuff off me that's weighing me down so I can go out there and get a victory for God. Amen. He simplified the battle. He wouldn't wear the heavy armor placed on him by Saul. He took it off and he took five simple stones and a slingshot against the enemy. And I can just see the Israelite army looking at him like, you are an idiot. Everybody watch, this little boy is going to get slaughtered. But so many times we place heavy burdens on our people and our church. You have to do it like this. You have to use this program. You have to do it like we say. 
But God just wants us to get back to the simple gospel. It seemed to have worked for all these years. He wants us to take the word of God to the enemy and let him fight the battle for us. The problem is a lot of believers don't know what they have in this weapon, so they can't use it to wield off the enemy. Many times even, we're a double agent spy. We can't fight for God because we're actually on the enemy's side. Our lives are so weighed down with sin that we're actually no use for the Lord. You can hide it from all of us, but you can't hide it from him. We need people who will throw off everything that weighs them down. For me, these last few weeks, this last year, it's been discouragement, it's been sorrow, it's been sadness. And something broke in me this week that said, I, you know, it's not that I'm going to forget my son, but in order for me to, to move into what God has next for me, I got to let that stuff go. Every weight on me, I got to let it go. Every addiction, every sin, everything that's going on in your life, you've got to let the stuff go and run to the cross. And repent of those things. Get your heart right with the Lord so he can work in your life. We need people who go to God in repentance and throw off this weight of sin. We need people who trust in the power of God and the power of his word. We need people who will take the simple word of God and trust God for results in your situation. And another thing, we need people who will go out on the battlefield in the name of the Lord. Now, this may not sound right, and there, I mean, it probably is some truth, but, but I don't think this is the battlefield. <laughs> this should be a safe place for the believers to be equipped to go out on the battlefield. We have too many people standing on the side watching in fear instead of getting on the battlefield for the Lord. It happens all the time. When we see something happen or we know somebody needs the love of God, we see somebody struggling in a situation and they give us an invitation to come into that situation, but we don't. Get on the battlefield in the name of the Lord. The enemy mocked David. Are you still with me? 41 through 44, so the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked out, looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods, and the Philistine said to David, come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field." He was laughing at him, making fun of him because he was young and confident. He threatened David. Now, you're not going to have this giant Philistine come in your life, but you're going to have things come up in your life that are going to make you afraid. Here's what you should not do. 
seer. That's not what we're called to do. Yet so many of us do that. We're not called to run when something comes up in our life. Now, if it's sin, yeah, resist it, flee it. But when you've got something, a mountain in front of you, you've got God Almighty. Get on the battlefield. Start praying. Doing some spiritual warfare. He was laughed at, made fun of. And David proclaimed the Lord and defeated the enemy, verses 45 through 50. Then David said, this is so good. Are you, here? Are you reading with me? David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel." Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine, this young boy. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it. And struck the Philistine in the forehead, so that the stone sank in his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. What did he do? He proclaimed the Lord. I speak the name of Jesus over you. I speak the name of Jesus over my situation. I speak the name of Jesus on whatever it is that I'm dealing with in my life. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. We know who we are in him. We gotta pro proclaim the name of the Lord. He came in the name of the Lord. His faith was in God. He went against the enemy for the glory of God and God gave him victory. If our praise team will come back up, I don't know what time it is, but I don't really care. <laughs> David's victory, this is so cool, so awesome, so wonderful. If you look at this, it's not about just David got the victory. That's fantastic. But his victory revived those around him. It revived the Israelite army through his victory. Verse 51, therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley into the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to Sheram, even as far as Gath and Ekron. <laughs> I want to tell you guys something today. And I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. But when you guys see me push through and get the victory that the Lord's already bought for me, that's going to revive some hearts in here. 
It's reviving mine. And as the pastor of Orchardville Church, I do not want to stay in the place that I was. I want to walk in the victory that God has for us. This one boy full of faith inspired a whole nation to wake up to who God was. And David didn't care how big and how strong and how bad and how mean Goliath was because he knew how strong his God was. I don't care what what doctors say to you. I don't care what the situation looks like. I don't care. I've been in addiction for 27 years. I don't care what that looks like. God is bigger. God can free you from those things. I'm telling you this morning, and I, say, I shared it this week, I'm making a comeback. Rick Hayes right now is making a comeback. I'm tired. I'm tired of walking around numb. I'm tired of walking around in hurt and pain and, and disappointment and sadness. And, and I'm tired of not going to the one who can sustain me and restore me and revive me because of hurt. God still loves me. He's always loved me. He's got my son. He'll always have my son. It's time for me to make a comeback, to walk in what God has for me. I may be bruised, devil, but I'm not broken. <laughs> let, me, let me give you a little, little sign of what this looks like. I don't know if I'll be able to get up. <laughs> Here's where I've been at. The devil knocked me off my feet. And this is where I spent a lot of, a lot of weeks hurting angry, upset, discouraged. Just like a boxer gets knocked out in the ring and the referee starts counting to 10. The devil started counting. (laughs) But I said, wait, you're not gonna count me out to 10. I'm getting up and I'm serving the Lord. You guys will stand this morning. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're struggling with right now. But I promise you God is on the other side of it. He's not only on the other side of it. He's also with you in the middle of it. He goes before you. He has a plan for you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed in this place this morning, we're going to sing. We're going to worship. We're going to call on the name of the Lord. And I'm telling you, I am different today than I was two weeks ago because of Jesus. I'm different. I'm different because the Holy Spirit has stirred something new in me. And there's a new season that I'm going to walk in now. I am no longer going to be bound to the sorrow and the hurt and the grief. I won't forget my son, but I will walk in victory with what God has for me. As long as I'm still here breathing and walking and moving, God has a purpose. There are still more people to reach. There's a battlefield to go on. 
there are things to be done for the Lord. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, your son that died on the cross for every single one of us in here, Father. Lord, I pray right now if there are people struggling, Father, they've been knocked down just like I showed right now, Father. And the enemy's laughing and he's mocking them and he's counting one, two, you're out of it, three, four, you're done with. I pray something inside of people this morning rises up and they get off that ground, God. They get out of that pit they're in right now, Father. And they understand that you're lifting their spirits in the name of Jesus. You are lifting them up. And you are helping them stand, Father, to fight another day for you. Kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, Father, anybody dealing with things this morning, I pray they come and they find a place to be with you, Father. Anybody needs healing in their body, Father, I pray they come because we still believe that you heal today. Lord, if anybody doesn't know you, they don't know your son as the Savior, Lord, let them know that they can be saved out of that life they're living right now, that hopelessness they have. They can have hope in Jesus and their life can be turned around today. Father, I praise you and I thank you for your power and your might and your strength. Lord, let your love flow through this place in a powerful way as we worship you and do what you want to do here. In Jesus' name, amen.